The Football Manager Files, a Muddy Knees media production for Sports Interactive. Part 2, Man Management. Everybody that walks in the building in here, I will shake their hand every morning and they will come and shake mine. And they have to look me in the eye every morning, whether they're playing or not playing, whether they feel good, bad or indifferent. I think they know I care about them as well. I'll be asking about them, about their families. And too often at football clubs, people come and sit in the dressing room. You never see the manager or coach until you walk out onto the pitch. And then all of a sudden, you've got to get them all going and running around, and it, it doesn't work like that. I try to treat people as I like to be treated, and that's, I guess, with respect. If I walk into the building and say hello, I'd expect you to say hello to me and not ignore me. And if I want to go and shake your hand, I'd expect you to shake my hand and, and have a bit of communication and try and create a, an environment in the building that people like to come into work. Motivation is not, right, we get on the pitch and we all start shouting and working and we get them all running. That, it doesn't work like that, and even less on a Saturday. I think it's got to be fostered every day, that motivation that they enjoy coming here. Tactics are important. Recruitment is important. Fitness is important. But none of that will count for anything if the players don't believe in what they're doing. Every football manager must be able to manage footballers. Ah, <sighs> footballers. It would all be so much easier if they just kept quiet, followed instructions and didn't whine so much if you substituted them at half-time. But there you go. They are human. They have feelings, and if you succumb to temptation and just shout at them, as any reasonable person would after a bad result, well, it might make you feel better, but it won't always help. Back in the day, a manager could do more. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Be more aggressive, forceful. Now you have to be a psychologist more. While sometimes you need to be angry, it's not just only about screaming. You can only do that once or twice. So... What can you do? From the sheer scale of public fallouts in football, it sounds like man management is the most difficult aspect of the job. Here's Sam Allardyce. Not for me. It's not been difficult to motivate a player for me. There's a, there's a, there's a difficulty in a player's uh, reaction sometimes where you fall out. If that becomes irreparable, you move the player on and you go to the owners and say, We've tried, we, we don't get on, we disagree on certain things, whether it be football-wise or others. So we move the player on as quickly as you possibly can. But players in general are always motivated to try and achieve what they dream about achieving, and that's winning. They all want to win, um, but whether you're good enough to win at this level is a different kettle of fish. This is the big demand. The big demand is how good you've got to be to win on a regular basis today. Okay. Mental note, don't mess with Big Sam. But seriously, how do you motivate these young millionaires? I would try and um, use the word pride. You know, I would, I would tend to try and get these guys to say, forget the money, you know. You're made for life, so you don't have a thing to worry about in the future, so you sh you're going into everything with a clear head and, you know, be proud of, and when you look back in your career, of being a winner. Alex McLeish. You know, normally the players who are earning the big money have great ability anyway, you know, and they, they have a certain status in the game. I would feel that I could help in certain other ways, you know, maybe reassuring that some of their talent, can they bring more to it, can they improve. In my, my managerial jobs, I have used a lot of video work, which um, 
shows the evidence of what they can do and what they have the potential to do. Stuart Pearce. I think you have to be honest with people. I think that that goes without saying, no matter who you're working with, whether it be anyone working at the football club, from a member of staff to the playing staff, to the kit ladies, to whoever, be honest with people. Don't fluff with players. The feedback I always get from players, if you're going to leave us out, sit us down, tell us why you're leaving us out of the team. They just want a good, honest 30 seconds with you, if you like, you know, beforehand or afterwards, or this is what you're doing well. Honesty, for me, is what tickles my box. So to be honest with other individuals, I think is vitally important as well. Gary Monk. They're all different personalities. They've all got different traits. And, yeah, you, you have to know them completely, you know, in terms of who responds to what. So, yeah, you have to learn that very quickly. Who can respond to a bit more of aggressive talking um, who can who needs an arm around them all of those things but I think the key element to all of it is um, and the one thing that they all have in common is is as long as you're honest I think if you're honest and you're very straight with players and yeah you might say it honestly in a different way to certain ones um, but I think if you're very honest with them and, and they leave a room or they leave a pitch or they leave a changing room with clarity in their mind of exactly where they stand and what they need to do going forward but always with the, the thought of what they need to do to go forward I think that's what they they respect. One of the biggest problems for the football manager is that the man management methods that we used to motivate them in the past probably wouldn't work now. It's not like you can go full Brian Clough, is it? Footballers have changed. People have changed. But how much? Bear in mind the fella you're talking about probably would have changed himself because he was, in my opinion, one of the one of the early psychologists in management. You know, people talk about Bill Shankly, but Brian Clough as well. They're psychologists. You know, I've seen Cluffy back away from from confrontation, as well as go out and sort confrontation. You know, so I think you've got to understand the environment you're working in. Football has changed drastically. The power is with the players now in regard to Bosman's freedom of contract even long contracts are ripped up by players saying I want to leave the football club you know in my time you'd never face your manager and turn around and say I want to leave this football club unless you wanted a long spell in the youth team you know so um, that's where things have changed greatly but with that society's changed as well you know the expectation from players is more they, that they can diagnose their own injuries and say I've got a hamstring injury should be out two to four weeks and tell the physio they also are acutely aware of analysis. They expect that. The expectation from a player, from the coaching staff and manager is very high nowadays. They expect all of those things because that is the norm for them now. Slavon Village. The footballers, how they change? They change a lot, you know. They are looking more after themselves. Every generation is quicker. Every generation is more skillful. Every generation is, in one hand, more ready for that. You know, they've been trained, like, uh, from from under 12, how to do interviews, how they, they all have agents, in the, they train more, they have individual coaches when they are 15, you know, and all that. It's, it's all changed. It's all changed, and some of it is good, but also because of that big stuff around them too early, including the parents and agents and team of whatever, they also lost a bit of street-wise that was needed then and that made the difference then when we were playing and also it makes a difference now when you find those players and those characters. Uh, there's also a lot of negativity, of course, with the money involved. They are becoming too important too soon, basically without kicking the ball at the end of the day, without having a great season, just one good game or whatever, and just because they are good in a youth level, 
and their contract is running out, suddenly they are like big stars giving interviews and long term it's no good for them because because it's it's absolutely impossible to stay normal and to stay focused. And once once you lose focus, I mean Ronaldo is about focus. Messi is about focus. Pele was about focus. They're all about focus. It's not only skill and everything. They because they are doing that week in, week out. And when you lose focus for everything, you are you can't be that good as you were. There's no easier way to lose focus than popularity and money. It's it's the worst. Here's Alan Pardew. You do need to kind of keep your, your ear to the floor, so to speak, of what drives them. Younger players have changed from when I first went in to now. In my opinion, they're softer now. You need to be a little bit more careful with them. They have sometimes an overbearing agent, parent, PR person that they employ themselves or an agency and uh, all these people are kind of sometimes protecting them and model calling them to some degree. So my job is to cut through all that and be honest with them and tell them exactly where they're at, what they're doing, what they can't do, what they can do uh, and make sure um, particularly um, the way you conduct yourself that you're letting them show that you're moving with the times and that doesn't necessarily mean to say that I should grow a beard and wear drainpipe trousers uh, and look all trendy it's about having understanding where their worlds are and utilizing my world to integrate to theirs and not just say well this is my world come into my world I have to go into their world so it's kind of a two-way process I remember playing and managers saying, stood up in the dress, ah, you've all got too much money now, you're driving BMWs and you've all got fancy clothes and fancy watches. Mick McCarthy. I loathed and detested that quote because we all want to progress. We all, we all want to get more money. I don't know anybody in this building that want to get any more money or the better terms and conditions. And, and the best players... You know, and you cite them, you know, the Thierry Henrys, the Steven Gerrards. Do you think they earned money? Of course they did. They were all motivated. They were the best players. Uh, Ronaldo and Messi now, they're all earning great money. They still seem to be playing. So I think there's a little bit too, too much emphasis on the fact that it's money that changes them. No, personalities are personalities. And I think it's my job to get the best out of them when they're earning 10 grand a year or 10 million a year. It's still the same job. If I've got one earning 10 million here, I'd expect him to look after himself better and to be a better professional than one earning 10. And reality is it should be easier. The only difference is the more money they earn, they get opinions. Sometimes their opinions are, are completely different to what we would have as managers. Pah! Opinions. Opinions are like bottoms. Everyone's got one. But what else do you need? Here's Kike Sanchez-Flores. For me, the most important thing is to go to the training ground with uh, amazing staff protecting you. I need good persons, I need clear person, good professional, and not selfish person around me. In this moment, we are more power to explain everything, and we are more power to create a team. And then, in the, in reflecting with the players, trying to work with the players, I think that when I start to coach, it's like a lot of passion, it's a lot of uh, scream a lot, uh, trying to impetus and everything. But then with time, I think I like to explain with calm. I like to, to take my time for explaining everything. I like to analyze with more time. I don't like to, 
to win the, the confidence of the players throughout the scrim. Okay, amazing staff, lots of reflection. Anything else? A captain, if you can find one, rare today. Sam Allardyce. Certainly that is a key element because for a good captain, if they're controlling the dressing room in terms of mediating between you and the dressing room, and I'm not talking about telling tales here, I'm talking about the fact that they can make sure the players are all pulling in the same direction. And as a captain, put a stop to that niggly relationship between two players maybe, or whatever it might be, That so it doesn't have to get to the manager, it doesn't have to be blown up all out of proportion, so the manager has to deal with it. And then on the field, playing a captain's role as well. Alan Pardew. I think anybody who manages people, whether you're, you know, you're in Kentucky Fried and you've got four people in there, you need to understand what, you know, what, they're, like, what they're about, how to get the best out of them. You always understand that some people are motivated visually, they're motivated sometimes by emotion, uh, they're motivated by hearing positive aspirations and confidence. So you kind of try and use your experience to try and touch the players you can touch and sometimes leave alone when it can't be touched. Some players when they're out of the team actually would rather not have any interaction with me for a day or a couple of days. I understand that as well. I've been that as a player, you know, manager's left me out or he's obviously not, I'm not in his thinking. I want nothing to do with him for a little while. I want to, you know, get, my, I get myself together and then hopefully the manager will look at me in a different light. Then I'll, uh, I'll start communicating with him. So you get a bit of that and you have to understand that that is part of human process of uh, sometimes you go, okay, it's not happening for me at work. I'm going to have to deal with this, I'm going to have to put it right and then get yourself going again and then the manager can kick back in again. So you have to kind of recognise when they're kicking back in as well. Of course, the big problem for footballers now is that it isn't only the manager who can get on their case. Every minute of every day there's someone on the internet ready to tell them how bad they are and that can really get you down. I think essentially players are all the same. The problem now, social media and the microscope on the players is huge now. Players used to be able to play badly and then they'd go home and they knew they, they didn't play well and their friends and team and their manager would tell them it'd be in the local paper, it'd be in... Well, that was it. On Monday they can say, right, that one's gone. But now there is a reaction immediately, straight after the game, um, with Twitter, with you name it, it's all there, the internet, it's all there. You know, you can go on your iPad, on your phone, there's comments. Everyone can get it. Chris Powell. You can't stop technology, you can't stop the way of the world, no doubt. You, you cannot do that. And in some ways, technology has helped the, the game as well, because I can look at players from around the world now where maybe you couldn't. But no doubt now, I just always say to players, just be careful, just manage yourselves, um, do your best not to look at it. You know, they, they want to feel good, they want to feel good about themselves. I'm sure when we win games, they look at it as a balance, you know, because you'll get the pat on the back when it's gone well, but you won't when it doesn't. So I've always said to them, keep level-headed. Enjoy the moments. Of course, I always say to the players, enjoy the win, whether it's for two days before we play another one. Enjoy it, but be careful. That's how football is. It's worldwide. People want the coverage, whether it's Premier League, Championship, League One, League, they want it. And... Um, 
you know, the accessibility is there now, you know, so you can't stop that. But I just think you've just got to be very, very careful and just be very balanced in, in what you do. So you've got to be careful. You've got to assess people's character. You've got to be honest with them and you need to protect them. If you're going to be a successful football manager, you need to be a successful man manager. You need to be a leader. But what is a leader? Leadership actually, I think, is about showing a group that you can cope with success, failure, disappointments, uh, euphoria, with a pretty even kill, and that you're used to all of it. I think that's good leadership. So I try to do that. I'll never let my team get carried away when we're on a winning run, and I don't get too despondent if we're on a losing run. I try to keep the process of what we do quite uh, simplistic, but um, thorough, so that everybody knows what their job is on entering on a Saturday afternoon. So good leadership, I think, is about communication. I'm a pretty good communicator. A lot of that is due to perhaps my experience as a player, particularly for the non-league. There's not anyone that phases me. There's not anyone that I don't feel comfortable with. So, and then my message is clear. So leadership is a, is a complicated question, uh, but somewhere in there is the answer. In the next part of the Football Manager Files, we look at recruitment. How do football managers identify talent? How many times do you need to see a footballer before you're convinced that they're worth the money? And are analytics and statistics any use? Or is gut instinct the way to go? Join us right here to find out. The Football Manager Files is a Muddy Knees Media production for Sports Interactive. It was written and presented by Ian McIntosh and produced by Ben Green. Additional reporting was by Alison Bender, Georgie Bingham, Michael Cox and Miguel Delaney. For more information, go to footballmanager.com. <laughs>